LIW Fargo Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the first episode of the LIW Fargo Review Show. Excuse me. This show is going to be a little different than most review shows because I don't give a shit. It's going to be a little interesting. I don't know. Here we go. Um, This is the first episode um, of the show and this show. Um... I just, I'm about a year behind on this, because season two of Fargo is starting up here, and I, I wanted to do a review show of it, because I thought I would like it, but I wanted to catch up first, so I'm going to do all the episodes in a row, because I haven't seen any, so it would, wouldn't make sense to just start with season two, and I figure, oh, fuck it, I'll do, I'll record a review of every epi- every episode. I'm doing the same thing with um, Twilight Zone, which I've seen a thousand times, I'm doing the same thing with American Horror Story, and The Walking Dead, and Fear the Walking Dead, um, Fargo, which is this, and Gotham. Um, but I think with a lot of those shows, I'm not going to do from the very beginning, because I'm starting season six on The Walking Dead, so fuck that, I'm not doing that. But this is going to be a little different, because I am a comedian, so welcome to the show. If you're easily offended, I don't care. I, I'm not going to, I hate when people make those jokes, like, if you're easily offended, go, f- like, fuck off, like, you know, I don't like that. But at the same time, there's an explicit thing on there. Open your fucking eyes, really. And why are you watching Fargo? So, you don't make any sense. You're an asshole. Um, so, let's let's begin here. Um, I, I love the movie Fargo by the Coen Brothers. I, I fucking love it. It's in my top 100. It's a movie I like to watch every three to five years, somewhere in there. You can't watch it all the time. And it is if you do watch it every three to five years, like I said, you will laugh at all the same jokes over and over. The way they say things, I love. It's So when they, I found out they're adapting the show for a show, again, they tried this again a few years ago, but when they when I found out this one was going through with Martin Freeman and everything, I was, I was kind of actually excited. Usually I'm like, oh, no. Like, I haven't seen the 12 Monkeys show yet, but I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. The From Dust Till Dawn show is, like, almost good. They're doing that with a lot of things. Limitless was based on an okay movie, I guess. They're doing that with a bunch of movies. Minority Report has one. That's got to be terrible, right? I don't know. I'll probably never find out. Hannibal. That's based on, that's based on movies. Um, a, lot, a lot of that's happening now. It's fucking everywhere. It's Every fifth show is based on a movie now. But this one I was interested in because I know if the Conros were producing it, it was gonna be good. Um, let me, let me. I don't want to really go through the Coen Brothers movies because this isn't Coen Brothers. They didn't make this really, so I don't want to just sit here and talk about the Coen Brothers because it's not their project so much. I did want to talk about um, the actors in the show. I love Martin Freeman. Um, Bob Odenkirk's obviously awesome. Known him as Mr. Show from 95. Shit, it's been a fucking while. Colin Hanks is awesome. Um, he's starting to look just like his dad. It's getting a little creepy. His dad's turned into a weird potato. And he looks, his dad actually, in recent, recent pictures, looks handsome as hell. It's all gray. I just saw a thing for the uh, World War II, no, the Cold War thing he's doing with Spielberg. What the fuck that was called? Anyway, and then Billy Bob Thornton. And I have a. I used to not like him, and then I would like him for a little bit, and then see so do something else to make me just not like him again. So I went back and forth, but lately I've been liking me some Billy Bob Thornton. He seems like he's figured his shit out. I hated the vial of blood, Angelina Jolie bullshit. That was stupid. 
And he's, he, he seems like a real fucking asshole. I hear some stories about him when I was in film school. People who actually, like, worked with him and they just had... He can be a fucking nightmare, pretty much what they said. But, like, not in a diva way, but in, like, a... I, I want what I fucking want, Texas. If you, if you don't give me that, I'm, I'm going to fuck you up type of thing. Threatening, basically. Um, so, the cast excited me. I did, like... All of the cast. Kate Walsh from uh, Grey's Anatomy. She's in this. Um, a lot of great people. Um, I was trying to draw comparisons because I did think this was... I kept hearing it was something about the 70s. Up until I started watching it, literally today, I thought it was in the 70s and it was a prequel to the movie. Because as far as I saw in the trailers, Martin Freeman was exactly what William H. Macy was in the movies. Within the movie, excuse me. I thought he was playing Jerry Lungard, Lundegaard, the the car dealer. And I'm like, oh, he's an insurance agent in this. It's, maybe he's before he switches. And then I looked and found out his name, which is Lester Nygaard. And I'm like, oh, this last name's similar, but that's weird. It's a very similar character. They're both kind of, uh, uh, you know, I'm very nervous. I don't know. What do you want from me? Like, what do you mean? That sort of thing. Um... So I, that's why I thought it was a prequel. I just, I, I assumed. I don't know. Weird, right? And, you know, you see the cops. You see Fargo. And I realized they just kind of redid the movie with different characters in the modern world. Not not the, the like, Fargo set in late 80s, right? Something like that. Um, but this was, this movie is very much, or this show is very much the movie. And it's not really a hard movie to adapt like, all you really have to do is set it in Fargo, have the accents, have the dry, witty dialogue. Like, the, everything they say isn't funny, if you were reading it on paper, but it's the way the actors say it to each other. Like, um, there's a scene in this movie, I'll get to it later, but the, the deputy goes, that's some good police work there, deputy. And it's exactly what happens in the movie, but almost like the same line. It's a different meaning, but in the movie, she goes, you know, uh, no, I think his name is Norm or something like that. Or Lou. His name's Lou, the uh, policeman. He's reading. He's like, well, he's got plates uh, and, and DLR, so I wonder I wonder what that's all about. She goes, I got a question. Your police work there, Lou. I think those are dealer plates, like stuff like that. I don't know. It's not really funny, but it's just funny the way they say it to each other and the way they react and their facial expressions. And that's what a lot of this world is. That's what I'm saying. If you put the music in there that they use, the weird violins... And then the the setting, and then the cops, and then the psychopath. And then really that's all you need to do with Fargo. So it's really on the writing to fuck it up at that point. Because the world they set up is easy. But it's up to the writers to keep it solid, to keep it golden, to keep it afloat. Otherwise it's going to fail. And I'm guessing since it hit season two, it's really good. I've only watched the first episode. Um, starts off with Billy Bob. He's he ends up being playing the soundtrack in his car, which is kind of weird. I love that stuff when he he pauses it and then the soundtrack goes. It's very um, Jackie Brown when he has Chris Tucker in his trunk. Um, he hits a deer and then they crane off the road and the guy gets out of his trunk and uh, he's wearing nothing but underwear. And then uh, you know cuts to uh, Lester Jerry. No, excuse me, Lester. See, I'm gonna have a problem with this. Um, they. Uh, my notes are scattered as fuck. I, but I, I grew up in this world. It's um, Lester sitting there talking to his wife. And she's a nagging cunt rag. 
um, she's just laying into him like that typical I should have married someone else. My mom said I shouldn't have married you. Like horrible shit you could say to your husband. Just leave. You can leave. Like the point she wants to stick around to drag him down more before she eventually does leave, which is like really sadistic. Just go ahead and leave. There's nobody keeping you there. They don't have a kid in this. Anyway, so, and I'm like, I grew up around this, like, passive-aggressive nagging. Like, that's the Midwest. I grew up in Michigan. This is Minnesota. It is a whole different world from Minnesota to Michigan, as far as some things. But, the like, the, the weird, they don't want to just be aggressive. They have to be passive-aggressive and make it sound like you're the one who's wrong if you get offended by what they're saying. Like, whoa, I, that's, I'm just speaking here. You, you heard what you wanted to hear. Like, no, you're fucking pushing us buttons the whole time. But like, well, my mom said this. Like, you're, just, you're still saying it. You know what I mean? Um, Lester's out in the street. He's walking around. And he's just staring out through a window. And some bully dude walks up to him with his two kids. And that's what most of the episode's about is this. Um, the guy starts taunting him. His name is uh, Sam Hess. And he's like, this fucking guy from school, you know, he's a black, he's a black man. That there is a black man, I think is what he says. And he's like, Lester nigger. And he's like, Lester goes, it's Nygaard, Lester Nygaard. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And he's like, this guy, uh, Hess, is still stuck in high school bully mode. And his kids are there for that. It did a cliche without it being irritating and too overly cliched. It was, they pulled back at the last second. He started to be like, walk up to him and be like, I'm like, oh God, here we go. He's like, I put this guy in a barrel, rolled him out in the freeway. I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to beat him up. He's going to be stupid. They're in their 40s. Like they talk about how Martin Freeman's character, Lester, just turned 40. I'm like, oh, here we go. Why are we doing this? And then um, Lester freaks out and then turns and smashes his face on a thing. And then it cuts to Lester and Lorne, which is Billy Bob Thornton's character in the hospital, because when Billy Bob hit the snowbank, he smashed his face or something like that. On I, I said it showed his ribs, and they, but they said there's blood in the car later. I didn't really understand that. But they're both in the hospital together, and then he's talking about how his, his nose got all fucked up. Ah, coffee. And Lorne's like, you know, you should do something about that. Because the guy said his, this girl gave him a hand job in high school. And Lester's like, I married her. We've been married for 18 years or 20 years or something like that. And he's like, oh, that was weird. Um, and he goes, you, that man doesn't deserve to drop breath. You need to kill that man. And uh, Lester's all nervous. And he goes, you should. Oh, you, how about you kill him for me? And uh, Lester, uh, Lorne, these names are going to get to me. Lorne, I mean, again, I only watched the first episode, so I'm not really used to these characters yet. Lorne is Billy Bob, and he goes... All right, I'll do that. And he has funny hair and some moles on his face. I'm not really sure if Billy Bob has those moles or not. But um, I liked... Let me just say, Billy Bob in this makes the show. He It's the same way that um, Steve Buscemi made the movie. He made... He did such a good job in the movie that without if you took him out, the movie would just be so flat and kind of boring. Like Because you need that contrast. In this one, everyone is like, Oh, Yeah. Let's just sit, sit around here and calmly talk about it. And then there's Billy Bob, who just does whatever the fuck he wants. Does his own thing. Doesn't give a shit. I love watching every scene he's in. Um, they're both in the hospital, and then he's like, you should kill him for me. And he goes, okay, I'll do that. And he goes, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? And I'm like, okay. And then he doesn't ever answer. 
And then um, later on, these detectives are there. It's Molly and Vern. They find the car from from Lauren that he left with, the, and he put the deer in the trunk that he hit. And then they find the dead body off into the woods, frozen because they followed the footsteps. And for some reason, that guy was in his underwear. They didn't really explain that. And then um, um, weird, because um, Lauren calls in, and there's like a he's like a hitman, I guess. But there's it seems to be like a hitman distribution center that he calls into like like agent 47 and hitman gets uh diane to call him and they contact each other but this is like a guy sitting there like with, with a row of phones and he answers like a telethon like the jerry lewis telethon and he's like hello it's like you're currently in duluth okay how long are you gonna be there he's like oh personal business okay well. and they like discuss it he's like i'll let him know and i was like what the fuck was that that was weird it's like a whole network behind this dude um Billy Bob's character, Lauren, shows up at Sam Hess's office, and I guess he's like a mafia truck driver when I was watching this. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like got bodyguards and shit, and I'm like, I don't understand this. A little weird. Okay, I'll go with it, though. And then Billy Bob's awesome. He's talking about how the little kid's slower, the younger brother of basically Hess's, Hess has kids, and they're both kind of twins-looking-ish, but one's a little older. And he's just like, the slow, this younger one's a little slower, huh? And pisses Hess off. And it's just to see what he would do. And then Hess is like, I don't want to mess you up here. And then uh, Lauren, Billy Bob, last time I'll do that, goes, I just want to see you. And he like creepily walks away. And I was like, oh, that was cool. That was weird. Um, and then it cuts to Lester, Martin Freeman's character, and his wife, his cunt rag wife, showing up at his brother's house, at Chaz Nygaard's house. And uh, they start talking, you know, about his nose and all that. And then Chad has an autistic kid. And he, he's like, my therapist said, you know, there's more to life than just Minnesota. And I'm like, oh, man, that's the best line of the show so far. Because, like, it's, Minnesota's one of those weird, weird worlds. It's kind of like the Deep South. Um, very different, but also very similar. Where it's like, that's their life. Canada's like that, too. Big parts of, like, rural Canada. Not so much the urban, like, Toronto. But like the the more desolate areas, it is you are very much that. Um, Boston's like that. It is very much a part of your personality where you are from, and I feel like I'm from the Michigan, and I couldn't give a shit less. It didn't affect me where I grew up really. Um, it doesn't matter to my life as a whole, but like I didn't want to be stuck there, so I left. But some people just they don't even. Think think about leaving because it's just uh, all they know and all they're, and they're fine with it and and I don't think they should be shamed for that but I'm just saying like that line is perfect because some people that's it that's the whole world their life is just Minnesota and that's all they're ever going to do and that's fine with them but I just like that line a lot I don't know fuck yourself I liked it I don't care what you think um, and then it cuts to uh, basically Lester and Chaz in the other room and they're talking about um, how weird Lester's getting and how quiet he is and his wife's complaining to everybody about him. And then this scene is awesome because Martin Freeman's just like, uh-huh, yeah, and he gets mad because he's, he's just nagging him, basically. Everyone's fucking with him. He's his brother. And then it just cuts hard cut immediately to uh, Lester and his wife in the car, and she goes, you didn't have to hit him. And I, and I started laughing hysterically because... I covered this on my Fear of the Walking Dead episode 4, I want to say. 104 of that show, Fear of the Walking Dead. I think I said that. They, that. In that show, they do something off camera that we should have seen. 
and it because it didn't matter if it didn't happen on camera. I didn't give a shit. And they explained it to the main character what happened off camera. And I go, I don't give a shit. Like, they killed the guy. Or they said they did. And the show. And they go, oh, yeah, he killed him. We had to kill him. I'm like, couldn't we have seen that? Don't just tell the main character it happened. Like, have the main character see it. Or have a side character see it. And they tell the main character. But we get to see it because it's our fucking show. The main character doesn't give a shit because he's not a real person. I want to see it because I am a real boy. Real grown man. Whatever you want to call me. Um, but in this show, it works with a joke. If you don't show it, but then you have to cut immediately. And the show did it, nailed it. It fucking nailed that joke. And it seems like it's such a stupid joke, but it's it works. And that's what I'm saying. The 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 Coen brothers in this aren't like hilarious jokes, like punchlines. They just create these situations that are just fucking hilarious somehow. Because um, brother punching brother is not hilarious, but the way they did it was funny. Um, I'm gonna keep explaining why it's funny because that's how comedy works. Um, Sam Hess goes into a strip club, and then Billy Bob follows him. Um, I should call him Lorne, but I keep forgetting that name. Um, he follows him to the strip club, and then uh, Sam Hess starts having sex with a stripper, doggy style, of course, because he's classy. Because he's a low-down, dirty dog. Um, and then, you know, uh, all of a sudden blood sp- sprays all over her, and then you see that Billy Bob stabbed him in the neck, with, in the back of the neck, with a knife, I assume. And it's just blood. And I did a little freeze frame to see if you can see some nipples. And I think you can. It wasn't really conclusive. It's been a while since I've done that freeze frame thing for titties. Um, my skills have rusted since VHS days, back when I used to jerk off nonstop to everything. When I was 12 and to 14 or something in there. But, yeah, they... they uh, Excuse me, they, they show that scene later where the cops show up and they're talking about the case of, where, of Hess's murder and then... They review, Bill Oswalt is played by Bob Odenkirk, and he's he's got an uneasy, uneasy stomach around blood and stuff, and he's like, my wife made me spaghetti. It seems a shame to throw it up. And it, was, it was a little moment of levity after, I don't know, there's a, there's a bunch of quirky characters that I like. Um, let's see here. Molly is our main cop, I think. Molly Silverson. She's uh Lou's daughter, and she's partners with, um, what's his name here? God damn, there's so many characters I'm learning at once. Vern, she's, she's partners with him. He's older, and he kind of runs the place. And he takes a shining to her because like, he likes how committed she is. And she, I can't tell if she has a crush on him or not. Um, she suggests that Hess was a gun runner, which explains why he had all those the security guards. More coffee, please. Pretending like there's a man handing me coffee off, off mic here. It's fun for me. Um, let's see. Um, sorry, Billy Bob Lauren. I guess it wasn't the last time I'm doing that. Showed up at uh, let's see, the hotel. Does it? He likes to fuck with people. He fucks with the person who works there about her pet policy. And then she proceed. He proceeds to. Or the the woman who owns the place berates her son in front of him. So he goes outside and talks to the son. It's like, you know, I wouldn't deal with that shit. You know what I would do? P- piss in her car, t- her, the tank of her car. He's like, okay. And then, uh, so, Billy Bob goes in his hotel room, looks out the window, sees that he's pissing in the car, calls, calls the front office, rats on the kid, and he just watches it, like, this thing. He just likes to create, he creates, like, his own chaos theater. Chaos theater. That's a good band name or a podcast. I can't tell which. I'll get, I'll get to that later. Anyway. He just likes creating these moments where characters are thrown against each other. It's fucking awesome. Um, 
Oh, there's another scene where they show Sam Hess's widow, who's Kate Walsh, and she's like a typical trophy wife, and she's crying, and he calls, Billy Bob calls the kid on the phone, and is like the older boy, and he goes, hey, just to let you know, I'm your dad's lawyer, and you know, he wants me to dist- distribute the, uh, the, uh, his will, and I'm, I'm sorry to let you know, he left all of the money and all of his deeds and houses and stuff to the younger son, and it says, quote, I love my son, the son more, and I gave it to him. He's like, I'm sorry for your loss. If you have any questions, call me back. Stuff like that. It's fucking funny because you know what's going to happen because all the cops are there because they're telling the wife about the death of her husband, and then in the background, you see the two kids go out, and the older kid starts beating the younger kid with a hockey stick, and Molly has to run out there and tackle him, and it was just fucking funny. It reminded me of like, the wood chipper scene or like the scene where... Uh, in the movie, William H. Macy, his wife is kidnapped. Obviously, that's the plot of the movie. And then she gets, she's covered up. <laughs> she can't see anything. And she starts running and runs into a tree. It's fucking funny. Oh, women kidnapped in bondage. Hilarious. Anyway. Um, when Lauren called the front office, he unplugged the phone. That confused the shit out of me. I didn't know what was going on there. Anyway, random thing. Um, and then Lester runs into Billy Bob. He meets at a diner because he gave him his number earlier. And he goes, he's like, why'd you kill her? And he goes, I didn't kill her. And she goes, yeah, you did. He goes, I didn't say yes. And he goes, you didn't say no. And at that moment, I'm like, Mo, Billy Bob, I am fully into this movie. You've, you've opened my heart to the or TV show. You've opened my heart to it. He, he, the way he says that is so awesome and he says it so beautifully. It sounds stupid to me to say, but he says it so beautifully. I'm like, oh, he, <laughs> like, he's like, you didn't say no. <laughs> like, oh, that was weird. So perfectly weird. It's that's how you describe the Coen Brothers, I guess. Um, it cuts to later. Lester is trying to fix the dryer, which is or the washer, I guess, one of them, which has been causing a problem and making a noise, and it kind of reminded me of uh the fucking Christmas movie. What the fuck is it called? Holy shit. With the, the lamp, the leg lamp. Anyway, who cares? Right. Christmas story, a Christmas story, the, uh, furnace and the dad. It reminded me of that. The wife seems like she really fucking hates that dryer or washer, whatever the hell it is. So he fixes it and when it blows up again. And then, uh, she proceeds to berate him about how not of a man he is and how she should leave. And how he's, and she keeps saying it over and over. Like, you're not a fucking man. You're not a man. And so then he grabs a hammer, and she's like, what are you going to do, hit me? And then he goes, and just claps her on the head with it, and then blood pours out, and he's like, oh, God, and hits her in the face with it, like a, like a bitch smack, and then beats the shit out of her in the head and kills her. And I was like, holy shit, like, that was, it goes to show, you know, every time you try to fish a washer or a dryer, it's going to end in murder, every single time. I, I've learned that lesson. Uh, I've done it several times, and I will... I try to remember, but I always forget, and people end up dead. It sucks. <sighs> anyway, Vern shows up because the cop Vern shows up because someone over over saw, I guess, overheard the nurse. I don't, I didn't quite get that. It didn't make any sense. Nobody could have heard their conversation when he was at the hospital with Lauren talking about Hess. I was like, this is fucking dumb. Um, anyway. So Vern shows up to to question Lester about it. He sees the wife's body and then pulls a gun on Lester. Lester goes down, and then Lauren shows up behind him with Lester's gun and shoots the fucking cop. And at this point, I go, because I originally had it written down, Lester's Jerry, 
Um, Vern is Marge from the movie, and I wrote, oh, guess not. Maybe Molly is, because holy shit, he's dead. I guess he's not a main character. <laughs> like I thought he was going to be like the main, like one of the main characters, like one of the four. I guess not. And then the fucking Billy Bob goes downstairs, and then Lester's like plotting against him, I think, because the cops are showing up, and he's like, oh, what are we going to do? And then he goes downstairs, and then he has to knock himself out on the wall. Because the thing says sometimes, like, what if you're right and they're wrong or something like that? I forget what it says. But he knocks himself out by running full face first into this wall. And I was like, this first episode feels like the last one of the season. There's so much going on. And, like, he's already killed his wife. And he's like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's not slowing down at all. It just felt like it was wrapping everything up. And instead it was just setting it up. It was weird. But uh, they, so he wakes up later, blah, blah, blah. Um, Colin Hanks, it cuts to Colin Hanks in Duluth. He's sitting there. Talking to his kid on the intercom and blah, blah, blah. And then, who's Gus? Oh, he plays Gus. He's Gus. <laughs> um, he's Gus Grimley. Uh, he's in Duluth, like I said. He sees a card speed by and he goes and pulls it over. It's Billy Bob. And there's an epic scene where Billy Bob's like, I could, I'm going to roll my window back up and you're going to go back and talk to your child. And every three or four years, you're going to look at your child and go, I get to be here for this because I didn't make this guy step out of his car. And that's a good thing. And that's really, and then Colin is like, okay, and just sits there and lets him drive off. And I'm like, good call, Colin. You shouldn't have to die for this fucking guy. Without backup, yeah, let him go. And then you deal with it. Like, if you want to deal with it after you let him go, go right ahead. Like, call someone in now and go get him. That's way different. I think cops, I don't think they should be judged for that. Because that guy could just, like, in the movie, uh, what the fuck is his name? Peter Stormare, his character, Grimsrund or whatever the hell his name is. Pulls a gun and just shoots the fucking guy, cop through the head and scares the shit out of everybody. It was like a really surprising moment in the movie. And this had that making of that. They just the, the character chose a different route. And I was like, good call, man. I like that scene a lot. This was so suspenseful. I didn't really know. What, I'm like, they're not going to kill Colin Hanks already, are they? But they, they just killed Vern, so maybe they will. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know what they're setting up. I don't know who's the main character. It could have just been a really small role for Colin Hanks to step in, you know? There for the day. Fuck it. Might as well do this role. I didn't. I had no idea. But um, and then the episode's over, basically. <laughs> That's it. Um, Billy Bob's kind of like the combo of Peter Stormare and Steve Buscemi from the movie. He's like a perfect combination of both. He's quiet, and he's loud, and he's kind of just does whatever he wants, just like Peter Stormare. But he's very impulsive, and because the way he was driving isn't the way he should have been driving. So he's kind of like Steve Buscemi's character a little bit there. Like, he got himself pulled over. That's not smart. And... Uh, the deer, he was driving way too fast. He maybe just has a problem with driving. I don't know. Anyway, um, great episode. I'm really looking forward to the show. It's only 10 episodes a season, so that's kind of cool. That's kind of why I chose this too, the show, because it's a shorter one. I got so many. I have 11 shows, so I wanted to keep this one small. I'm going to try to keep every episode about half an hour. This one's a little longer, I feel. I don't have a time bar up. Um, it's just because I've set up the world and set up how much I like it. No, we're right at half an hour. Sweet. I'm better than I thought. <laughs> oh, anyway, guys, go to loiteringinwonderland.com. Loiteringinwonderland.com. Um, and check it out. There's like I have 11 shows on there. I have all these review shows. I have We have a comedy thing. All their comedies. I have a movie review. I have the Phoenix West show, my show. I have improv theater. I have Nick Cage cast, guys. Fucking awesome. Anyway, um, go there, buy a t-shirt, we'll help you get his cameras, 
That's fucking awesome. We're going to go video. We're going to see our sexy faces. You don't just have to jerk off to my voice anymore, like I keep saying. It's going to be fun. Um, what else can I say? Go buy a $5 digital copy of my book. Books. Four on loadingwonderland.com. Three on Amazon.com for your Kindle. It's just a little weird on there. I didn't want to put the fourth book because it didn't turn out right according to Amazon. Or Amazon does a weird thing where it rearranges shit. And it wasn't, I said, fuck it. I don't want to do it. Anyway, um, go there, check it out. And if you have any questions or comments or you want to suggest some things, go to just send it as an email, you know, lordingwonderland at gmail.com. Go to facebook.com slash lordingwonderland. Pod, no, lordingwonderland. Um, sorry, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, we're on. This, I won't do the plugs like this every time, guys. Don't, don't be scared. Um, where am I going? Oh, Twitter. Twitter. I don't tweet that often. I only do like announcements for the shows, or if we do live shows, um, LAW Podcast and Instagram LAW Podcast. We are doing shows around Phoenix. If you want to come see me and Brent, me and Brent are the normal guys who do our shows. Um, but I think this one's just going to be me, this Fargo show. But the American Horror Story is going to be me, Brent, and Bree. It's going to be awesome. Whole team effort. Anyway, if you want to see us live, you know, we always post on our Facebook pages. So, you know, every, every link is on our the website, loadingwonderland.com. So go fucking check it out. And I guess I'm getting out of here. That's enough plugs, right? Sorry. Too many plugs, I know. We just want to get it all out there in the first episode. So until I see you again, until you hear me and jerk off to my voice again, so long, citizens of Fargo and Wonderland. <laughs>